Welcome to Energizing Life with AKR Fitness. I'm your host, Lindsay, and joining me today is our very own Michael McDonald. Wow, that's, yeah, hello. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> so we are on episode 36, and today is the start of a three-part series, if you like, to avoid misinformation, and Mike is here to tell us that we are all not so smart. Mike, tell us a little bit about what we're going to go through in today's episode. Yeah, I kind of touched on it a couple, two or three episodes back, but just today, what we're going to talk about is how we're not beings of of logical reason. We're not robots. Our brain isn't a a computer. Um, We make mistakes. We perceive things inaccurately uh, and our brain takes shortcuts to make it easier for us to navigate the world, which means we don't always see things as they are. Um, So in short, we are fooled by our own brain. And I want to chat about that today. Yeah. Is this something that's been, is this new? Is this ongoing? Is this come from our ancestors? Like what, what is it about this? Like, why are we fooled by our own brains? Give us a backstory if you know it. Okay. So... Yes, like our brain, again, touched on it a couple back. We have the brain of a hunter-gatherer from tens of thousands of years ago. Um, And our brains evolved a a certain way. Uh, Not that I'm a neuroscientist or anything, (laughs) but I've I've read a lot about this stuff. I'm really interested in this stuff. I think that one of the easiest ways to think about it is... Well, maybe this isn't easy to think about because it kind of sounds a bit sci-fi, but we don't see the world as it is. Everything we we see, we perceive through our senses comes through a filter. And it needs to be like that because if you think about it, if you step out and walk down the street, there are just like, if you took in every little bit of information, every sight, sound, smell, color, feel, taste you would be totally overwhelmed. You can't you can't take everything in. So your brain has to filter that for you so um, it can tell like, you know, focus on maybe what's most important or what's not, but it can also filter through your baggage, your lens, your mm-hmm. cumulative experiences over your time and things like that, your value system. Okay, so it's something that we can't prevent it happens all the time and we're seeing it through our own lenses. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so in short, we tend to think that our brain is a computer and that it's logical. Um, The reality is our brain has limitations and faults and makes mistakes in predictable ways that these have been studied. Um, There are logical biases there are heuristics, which are kind of like a, a rule of thumb, a shortcut. And there are uh, fallacies, logical fallacies as well. So, And there are lots of different ones. And today I want to share a few with them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, in some ways, it's kind of humbling. Uh, but I think, as I touched on a few episodes back, I think it can help you be a better thinker and better navigate the complex reality that is our world. Yeah, so what you're saying is inevitable, but maybe there we can start to realise when they're happening or we can change the direction of it or just realise that, okay, wait a minute, that's one of those fallacies, one of those biases. What can I do with this? Yeah, so let's... I'm just making this example up on the spot, but <laughs> let's say uh, my car is really old and I know that it has a leaky fuel tank. 
right? So if, if the fuel tank has an issue, then how I drive the car, I maybe or maybe let's use a better one, the fuel gauge doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? So the fuel gauge might say, I've got a full tank, but reality, I've only got a quarter of a tank. If I know that fuel gauge is broken, then I can adapt my behavior in a certain way. I might, I might start thinking, okay, well, how long have I driven the car since I last put petrol in it or diesel? Because I can't trust what that gauge is telling me. Okay. And it's the same way in that we can't always trust everything our brain is telling us because it makes mistakes. And it takes shortcuts. And it takes shortcuts. And yeah, essentially there. So are you here to tell us today ways around that to recognize these? Maybe not ways around it, but to highlight some of the shortcuts and the limitations uh-huh. of your brain. Um, and hopefully that can help you avoid some of the, the pitfalls and things. So like there's a, there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of little examples. So first of all, I'm, this first one, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin it for you uh, anyway, but there's a, there's a famous study that they did where, and it's on YouTube. You can, you can search for it. I don't know what to search for, but maybe once I tell the story, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll be able to figure out what to search for. Uh, again, done in a university, they've got two teams playing basketball, red team and a blue team or something like that. And you're told to watch the video and count how many passes the red team make amongst each other in 60 seconds or something yeah. like that. And there's quite a lot of players moving around in a small area. So there's a, there's a lot going on. And what you do is you zone in and you watch the ball move around. Uh, part of the way through the video, a man in a gorilla suit walks right in the center of the screen, beats his chest and walks off again. At the end of it, the study, they say, how many passes did the red team get? It's like 26 or something. And did you notice the gorilla? And something like 50% of the people watching the video literally don't see the gorilla at all. They're like, what are you talking about? So they didn't see what was there because they were focused so much on that, that one thing. Yeah. And it's, so it's just an example of how you don't, see everything that's there Mm -hmm. you're filtering it you're so focused on the ball another one that i really really like is the bat and ball game uh i'm just going to just glance at the notes here make sure i got this right so and maybe uh producer mark can have a go at this no pressure off (laughs) off screen Uh, there's a you've got a bat and a ball in total they cost one pound ten the bat costs one pound more than the ball how much does a ball cost? Go as quick as you can. If you're listening at home or out in your dog walk or whatever, quick as you can. I would automatically it's say pretty 10p. Simple. Yeah, 10p. Mark's having to think about it because he knows the game. So again, I'll say one more time. Together, the bat and the ball cost £1.10. The bat costs £1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Better fill the silence for the, for the people on audio. Anything, Mark? 10p is the, so 10p, you, what happens is you're taking a shortcut in your brain uh-huh. because it, it makes sense, right? It's one pound 10, one pound more, it's, it's got to be 10p. So let's say the ball costs 10p, the bat costs one pound more than the ball. How much then does the bat cost? What's well, 10p plus one pound? Yeah, 110. 110, right? So then, so then the bat costs 110, the ball costs 10. That means the total is 120. <laughs> so your answer is incorrect. So your, your natural reaction in your brain to say it's this uh-huh. is wrong. So I don't know if we should give the, the listener or maybe you could pause for a moment, have a think about it. 
Bat and ball together costs £1.10. Bat costs £1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? <laughs> it's too much. Too much pressure, man, <laughs> right? I'll tell much. you the answer. The ball costs five pence. If the ball costs five pence and the bat costs one pound more than the ball, that means the bat costs one pound five. Together, it's one pound ten. Oh, yeah. There's your answer. So just a simple little, again, they, in a lot of this, I think they call it like behavioral economics and uh -huh. stuff like that. They do these sorts of studies and they say, ha, huh, that's not, not what you, you thought it was. And there's so many different ways, uh, you know, with memory, mm -hmm. with perception, with, um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say framing, but it's not the word I'm, I'm looking for. They've, they've done studies, right, where they, they'll give you a passage to read or they'll give you like a word jumble where you've got to solve like anagrams or like uh, there's jumbled up words uh -huh. and you've got to like arrange them properly. Once you've done the little task, you have to take your sheet and you walk down the corridor and you hand it in to like the assessor at the other room. What they found is if in your sort of word jumble, they have, they have words related to aging and tiredness and slowness, they actually secretly time you walk down the corridor, you move more slowly than, than if they have like neutral words. It's priming, that's the word I'm looking for. So okay. your brain can be primed. Yeah. That's not actually, that's just a bit of a tangent uh -huh. to what we're talking about today, but it's just an example of like the influences on our brain, the shortcuts it takes and things like a that. A lot of people would feel like, well, that doesn't happen to me. That's not me. You know, I know, I know all this. Exactly. So why is it that smart people do such stupid things when it, like, is what's going on there? And it is, it's just, it's the, the, it's the limitations of our brain. And there's, there's a few that we'll, we'll get into yeah. and we'll talk about like <clears throat> why it goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So, um, should we just fire through yeah, some of them? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I'll, uh, be the hostess for the mostess here. So what are you going to, I'll, I'll say what they are and maybe an example. Yeah, I'll try and give an example yeah. or, or, or give a brief explanation of what Okay, okay. So, the narrative bias. So, the, the narrative bias is essentially that we like things to make sense. Um, we like the meaning. We like there to be meaning to everything and we like things. The narrative means like a story, right? Mm -hmm. We like things to, to come together in a neat little package. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I should have maybe prepared a better <laughs> example. Um, but so you're painting. You, you're almost painting a, a story of the situation. Yeah, it's how you, how do you make sense of something? Okay. You put it in a story. Mm -hmm. um, a, an example would be saying everything. This might this might uh, cross over into some of the other ones. But when people say like everything happens for a reason, well. That's because you've told your, you've you've told a story to make sense of what happened, okay? Right, and so therefore, because you've told a story, now you can see why it happened for mm. a reason. So, like for it, just to sort of bring that back, say me meeting Fabio in the park that day, that happened for a reason. Was that sort of yeah? A, because it was meant to be. Yeah. Because it was meant to be. Because Fabio uh, was was destined to to join the team, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, like. You can't believe that, and uh, you know I'm not. You know if you want to believe in fate and destiny and stuff like that, I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss mm -hmm. that, but it could just have easily have happened that it was coincidence. You both happened to be in the park at the same time. But what happens is our brain doesn't like coincidence. It doesn't like. Um, 
It doesn't like unknown. It likes patterns and stories. Mm -hmm. And so we can see patterns when they're not actually there. And we can tell stories about things to help us make sense of something. And that's not always a bad thing. No. But sometimes it's worth checking, you know, checking yourself. I think this is what this it, next three episodes are pretty much all about, is it? It's like realizing and seeing that there's a pattern there, but then taking a second to ask yourself, okay, is this pattern relevant? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give another, another example. Um, every time I remove carbs from my diet, I lose weight. So carbs are fattening. Now, there's a few things going on. So that's, that's maybe the story you're telling. Mm -hmm. There's also something we call the confirmation bias, where, well, you had that belief going in and, and your behavior has confirmed it. So you've, you've, you've looked for information that is going to back up what you already believe. Yes. And then there's another one called the post hoc fallacy, which is basically because A happens after B, it therefore happens because of B. Mm -hmm. So I lost weight because I removed the carbs. Now, that might have happened, but was it because of the carbs or was it because you also removed calories from your diet? Or you removed carbs at a time that you were also increasing your exercise? Did you believe it because that's what all your in-group of friends were doing, mm -hmm. which, is, which is called an in-group bias? We're going right, right through these. So, <laughs> so all, all the people in your group believe one thing. Uh -huh. And so you kind of end up falling into that beliefs. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them are really interesting. Do you know, like in the, the post hoc fallacy, that's the sort of thing like in the, if you're in the, in the lifts or the elevator, do you know some of them, the, the door close button, mm -hmm. some of those buttons in some elevators around the world do nothing, but you feel good about having control and pressing the button. Well, the doors are gonna close anyway, but you think pushing the button made them close, which in some in some lifts uh -huh. it does. Why have they done that? But some of them it doesn't because they do, because it doesn't make any. The doors are going to close anyway. Uh -huh. And I read like. So in, does it make them? Sorry, interrupt. But does it make them feel in control of a situation that is normally out of their control because it's a lift? Possibly. Possibly. Feel com more comfortable in it. And apparently in New York City, many of the you know like the pedestrian crossings uh -huh. where you've got a button to to get the green man, they do nothing. They're not connected. Because it, it's just going through a cycle anyway, but it feels good. But you think because A happened after B. It was you. And it's a, a better example is like in like physical therapies and stuff like that, where there's all sorts of weird and wonderful treatments people can give you. Mm -hmm. Or even, uh, even like, in, here's a good one. You've got a cold, right? A lot of people have their own cold remedies whatever it is, they drink lemon tea or yeah. they take uh, vitamin C or whatever their go-to cold, cold remedy is. Well, the typical cold lasts three to five days anyway. It's going to go away. Now, what you did might have helped. And like, there's a thing called the placebo effect yeah. where it can literally make you feel better. Make you, yeah, believing you're getting better mm -hmm. can have a difference. But it's also easy to think, well, because this happened after that, it happened because of it. And sometimes it's so this just, is all part of the post hoc fallacy. That's the post hoc yeah. fallacy, which can tie into the narrative bias, uh -huh. right? Because you're telling a story about it. Yeah. And the confirmation bias, because what is happening, you're, you're seeing what's happening and it's backing up what you already believed. Yeah. So you're searching for that information in, on, say, people you follow on social media, for instance. If they're seeing something that sort of joins in with your beliefs 
and values, you'll search that out. So it backs up that belief. Yeah, so if, if you believed that people in Aberdeen were generally miserable people, that's your existing belief. When you go out and walk into the world, your brain is going to filter out the happy people and you're going to see more of the miserable people and it's going to confirm what you already believe. Okay. Or, um, I'm trying to think, uh, here's, a, here's a good one. Why do I always get, why does the, I always get caught at the red lights? Well, that's because you remember the times you get caught at the red lights, but you, but you forget all the times that actually it was a green light for mm -hmm. you. So that, yeah. that's, that's an example of, of like the confirmation one. Mm -hmm. And now uh, what about confabulation? Confabulation is a, is a lovely word, isn't it? Confabulation. Yeah. If you can say it, it's, like, that was a struggle for me. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the nar narrative bias mm -hmm. where you will literally make up a story to help you make sense of your reality. And so the, the studies, they've done a few studies where... So is it lying? It's, it's not lying because you believe you're telling the truth. It's more self-delusion. Okay. Um, your brain is lying to you, right. essentially. I'm, I'm trying to think, um, th there's some studies where, I, th I think there's, there's one where there's a person who they had lost feeling in their arm, but for some reason they, like, they, they didn't believe that. And so when, when someone asks them to move their arm or something like that, they're like, no, it's, it's not my arm. Okay. Yeah. Or actually, here's a better one. There's, there's this condition that exists where you can, uh, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called, but you recognize people, you recognize your family and friends, but there's something's gone wrong in the brain where the emotional connection's no longer there. So you, can re you recognize their face, it looks familiar, but you don't get that emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And what these people often end up doing is they believe that their family have been abducted by aliens and replaced. So, and what, what's effectively is happening is their brain is making up a story to protect them from, from, the, from the reality. And, that's, and the word for that is confabulation. So you make up a story to help you make sense of the world in a way that protects you. Uh -huh. So let's talk about nutrition. When you've got the person that, you know, we've had it before, like I'm only eating 500 calories a day. Yeah. It's like, I'm not calling you a liar. But there's probably, like, if, if they've eaten 500 calories a day for two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, and they've not lost any weight, it's physiologically impossible. Yeah. So you might not be lying to me, but you may be misremembering. You may be uh, confabulating a story to help you make sense of why you didn't lose weight. And you might be confirming uh, in your biases, you might be remembering the the three days that week you have 500 calories but there was maybe four days in the week where you had 5,000 calories or yeah. so more it, realistic 3,000. It's it's really important for people that's listening to this to, to really understand these things because it helps you it helps you maybe take a step back and take note of oh do I really feel this is this what's happening to me or is my brain telling me otherwise? Yeah our, our, our brain is our brain is actually trying to help us all the time all the time. So one of them is this like uh, illusionary superiority bias. So our, our brain will try and protect us. So if, again, if, if I'm not losing the weight, my brain might come up with a story to tell me, to, to help make sense of it. Mm -hmm. um, our brain will 
will point out risks and dangers more readily than you know things to celebrate because again if i was a hunter gatherer living ten thousand years ago if i heard a little rustling in the bushes you're off (laughs) it's better to earn the side of caution Mm -hmm. if my brain's gone that's just the wind and it's a tiger i'm in trouble so so our brain like does these things to to help us which was great back back then but now we've got so much it's still great now in many ways we've got other things to combat but it's still great now but it can like if we don't understand where it can go wrong then then it can it it can fool us it's self-delusion basically Uh does that bring us on to misremembering miss misremembering is very simple Mm -hmm. and actually in the last episode great example vars was on and she said I, I was, could have sworn I did my first park run in March. And because she'd kept records, oh, it was, it was uh, February. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going affect, to affect life in, in such a big way. But there is so, I would recommend if you're interested in, in the memory part, there's a good book called The Memory Illusion, which goes into how they can actually, it sounds very sci-fi, implant soft, uh, false memories into people. And I'm not saying... It's from the words that they use, is it? Yeah, I'm not saying by like going in and doing in their brain, but they can just tell stories. And because every type we, our model of memory, we, we see it as like, I don't know, like a file cabinet or like a computer folder where we're just going to extract the video we want to watch and replay it in our mind. But what the memory experts say is every time we remember something, we're almost like creating it anew. And so every time we do that, it can be just slightly different. Mm -hmm. And you might like literally one of your memories from when you were a kid might not have happened to you. It might have been your sister's memory. And and you you tell the story over and over again and it might have never been there. Do you think this just takes out of the context of health and fitness? But do you think when people go on the stand in like courtrooms and things, the the lawyers are able to manipulate their stories and what they've remembered from a certain... Yeah, well, like eyewitness testimony is like getting more and more discredited uh-huh. because of this sort of thing okay. and there, there was a couple of really famous stories there was a i think he was a news anchor or a news person or a politician in america and he told this story about uh, I, don't know, I think he was like are you uh, trying to remember this <laughs> <laughs> he was in a helicopter like in reporting one of the wars in Afghanistan or something like that. And he told this story of like how his helicopter got shot down or the helicopter in front of him got shot down. There was, anyway, he told this story of what had happened. And well, they actually had, they actually had like footage of it and how he remembered it was not, it, it was not the case at all. But because they had the records, they could show it. And I think like there was a big drama about it. So did he see what had happened from the records and then put himself there or I don't know what happened but like it can it can it can go wrong it's mind-boggling so so like yeah it's just it's just not as not as not as true and you know I often say never trust your memory I I say that more from a point of if you've got something you need to do write it down down. because you're going to forget but it's just it's really fascinating stuff and again so you might remember how many people you know Maybe getting to my age or older, you're like, oh yeah. See, when I was in my twenties, I was in some shape. You know, I was, I was so fit, I had a six pack and all that stuff. And it's like, maybe if we went back to the photos, maybe you're not remembering it quite how it was. And another you know? one that I get all the time, especially with, with members, they're like, you know, when you turn thirty, you just get the worst hangovers. I never got any hangovers in my twenties. I'm like, that's another example yeah. of, well, you probably did, but the most recent ones are the ones that you're remembering. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's, you don't remember in the same for long. Yeah. Though, so. Um, okay, doke. Let's go on to the sharpshooter effect. The sharpshooter effect is like that pattern recognition sort of thing. So it's seeing a pattern that's that's not there. So there, there's there's one example where people say, "Oh, look how great the Simpsons are at predicting the future." You know, they they had President Trump and they had this and they had all these different things. But what you're doing is you're, you're effectively drawing a circle around the, the few ones that did predict the future. Now, I don't know how many episodes of The Simpsons are. There's, I think there's maybe 20, don't know that. 20 seasons of 20 episodes. There's hundreds of episodes. But what you're doing is you're looking at the times they did predict the future and ignoring all the hundreds of other ones where they didn't. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember when, when the pandemic hit, someone shared this um, I think it's like some sort of semi-famous author who uh, talks, like makes predictions. It was and stuff Nost- like that. Not, not that one. No, it, Nostradamus. Yes. No, and someone more from like who's still alive today okay. in this era. But someone had shared like a page from this woman's book that that basically predicted a pandemic mm-hmm. from China. I can't remember. I how think I've seen it. it was. Yeah. yeah. But how many books does the woman have and how many pages and how many predictions are in the book that were wrong? Mm-hmm. So it's called the sharp shooter fallacy because yeah. uh, what you do is let's say you're um, let's say you're doing archery or you know sh- shooting from a gun. What you do is you, sh- you shoot you shoot at the wall, mm-hmm. and then once all the bullet marks are in the wall, then you go and draw, go and draw oh, the look target. Look how well afterwards. I've done. Yeah, and you just you <laughs> gather. There's obviously a natural spray, mm-hmm. and I think there was one in the in the war with bombings in London. But if you if you're going to drop x amount hundred bombs on London, they're going to they're not going to scatter in a beautiful pattern where everything is perfectly distanced apart. Mm-hmm. Because that would probably be impossible. So they're going, to, they're going to cluster where there's lots of bombs in some and, and a bit more spread out another way. And then afterwards, though, if you then look for the targets, yeah. so I'm sure there are, I'm sure the Germans are <laughs> aiming for specific areas. But the, the patterns that we want to see sometimes are just randomness. Like They're not to get into the whole debate of vaccines and things like that, but I, I think I've seen a study or it's come out recently that um, there's been a lot of children with autism and ADHD in the last sort of 20 years, and that's all come from a sort of vaccine that everybody got in the early 2000s. And I don't know if that's something to do with that sharpshooter. Is that a different sort of... I think some of that stuff was discredited anyway. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's 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 drawing a conclusion... It's, it's kind of post-talk fallacy as well, okay. right? So go back to that, vaccines, right? Um, ever since I got the vaccine, I feel like this. Okay, but would there have been a chance that you felt like that anyway? Mm-hmm. Or did you, um, did you get the vaccine and then start examining yourself to for how you were feeling? And looking for, for something. Mm-hmm. So I, I give an example. I was speaking to like a, a physio guy. And I said to, I said to him like, oh, see it like at the back of my pelvis, I've got this like bony sort of spur. And the story was like one, one day we were doing Saturday super circuits in the gym and I was warming up and I was a bit exuberant and I did a diving forward roll on the turf. <laughs> Foolishly forgetting that underneath the turf is concrete and I landed a bit hard and I, and I bashed my, my low back. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, ever since then, I feel like I've got this like, 
this sort of bump there in the bone. And he says, could you be sure that you didn't have that before? <laughs> Actually, I couldn't. Because you'd never looked for it. Well, once I've bumped it, uh -huh. then I start, you know, then you start paying attention. And there was someone that told me, like, during the pandemic, they, they got really concerned about this little, little bump they had, I think maybe on their arm or something. Mm -hmm. And they ended up going to the doctor and getting it checked and everything. And it was literally nothing. But what had happened is they'd, they'd felt this bump and it drawn their attention to it. And then they're poking and prodding it every day, going, what is this? Yeah. And then it got a bit red and sore. And then you go more and more. It's yeah, just, it's, yeah. it's interesting stuff. So we're just, we're so, we're so inclined to want to tell a story and draw a conclusion and find meaning in things that can actually be totally mm -hmm. random. And then when we are looking back on our reality to explain why we're injured or we're overweight or we're, you know, whatever it is, the stories we tell ourselves are not always true and that's yeah. the it's to protect us it's it's to protect our sense of self yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay then so talk to me mike about the fundamental attribution error the fundamental attribution error is when somebody else does something that you don't like let's say it's not necessarily that you don't like when, when someone else behaves a certain way you will put that down to that's just their character, that's who they are. When you do the exact same thing yourself, you will explain it away due to the current circumstances in which you're in. So, you're driving, somebody pulls out in front of you, or, or you know, is, is not a, a, a great fellow driver on the road, and you go, what a selfish, insert, Beep. yeah. <laughs> you know, what a whatever. Yeah. And you judge them and you say, what a selfish person. Chances are you've probably made an error on the road, pulled out in front and someone mm -hmm. done the same and you're like, I was stressed, I was in a rush, okay. I was, I was You're making an excuse for it, but if somebody else does it, you're giving them all the swear it, words. It might, be, it might be true. Like you might be making an excuse for it yourself, yeah. but it, it might actually be true. Uh -huh. But so when you behave in a way that, I'm trying to think if it's always like a negative situation, but when you behave in a certain way, you, let's say you fall out with your, your spouse, your partner, your kids, it's like, I was stressed, okay? I, was, I, was, I had a lot going on, I'd had a really bad day. Mm -hmm. But when your partner snaps at you, you're just angry, you're just selfish, you're just, well, actually maybe he or she was yeah. stressed. Mm -hmm. um, so a, an interesting one, less, less so for um, you know, health and fitness, that's a more interpersonal yeah. one, mm -hmm. but just another example of how our brain fools us. That's a good one though, because then you, if you do realize that, you can take a, a step back if it is an argument and just, breathe and be like well maybe they felt the same way as what we did when we did it yeah but nine times out of ten that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah well with with that um i just quick uh, quick plug for the book the four agreements um it's a yeah, i guess a, a self-help book of, of sorts but the four four agreements are one be impeccable with your word so try not use your word to put people down or say negative things or mm -hmm. put yourself down um Never take anything personally, which comes into that, that fundamental attribution error. Yeah. Most, most, always pretty much, it's, it's not about you, it's that person's having trouble in their own world. Mm -hmm. um, never make assumptions, which is also good for the brain thing. You know, it's like, God, that person hasn't texted me back. Did it upset them earlier today? Or, geez, I'm, you know, 
Actually, they're busy. And you're looking at WhatsApp every two seconds yeah. to see that we take. But your brain's trying to just make a story to make sense of why they're not. Uh-huh. And so a good question is, well, what else could this mean? Mm-hmm. So when the person pulls out you in traffic and it pisses you off, you're like, well, what else could it mean? Well, maybe that person's having the worst day of their life right now. Maybe they're rushing to the hospital with a pregnant yeah. wife. Or, you know? mm-hmm. um, and the, yeah, the fourth of the four agreements is always do your best. So um, be impeccable with your word. Never take anything personally. Um, never make assumptions. Always do your best. Or don't make assumptions. Always do your best. Which will help you live a long and prosperous life. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Straw man argument. So a straw man is when you build a caricature of what I've said to use that to tear down my argument. Right? I'll explain it more. So a straw man, like a, a giant yeah. man made of straw. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's say you're in your world, you think the only way for you to lose weight is to not eat any sweets, crisps, cakes, chocolate. You're going to give it all up and you're only going to eat, let's say you're only going to eat a paleo diet of meat and veg. Um, and I say, well, Lindsay, it's actually, you know, it's okay to eat a bar of chocolate. Um, no food is inherently fattening. It's more about the number of calories mm-hmm. or the energy balance the calorie balance over so you're the course, trying to explain to this person who thinks that the paleo is the be-all end-all you think you need to be on a really strict diet mm-hmm. uh, it's more about uh clean eating and i might say well actually it's more about energy balance so if you want to lose weight over the given time period let's say it's in a month if mm-hmm. you want to lose weight in a month in that month you need to uh, consume fewer calories than you expend and so therefore you can eat eat a chocolate bar. I've maybe taken that actually, I've maybe taken the, <laughs> the argument too far. Let's just say, I, let's say I don't say that bit about calories. Let's say I say you can, you can eat chocolate and still lose weight. And the straw man argument usually starts with, so what you're saying is, so what you're saying is yeah. I can eat whatever I want. I can eat as much chocolate as I want and I'll lose weight. No, that's no. not what I said. You've taken my argument and you've built it Exaggerated up. Exaggerated it caricature mm-hmm. in order to make it easier for you to tear down the argument to stick with what you think's right yes yeah and again if you hear if you hear so what you're saying is <laughs> i hear that quite a lot i can basically just do that or, <laughs> for I'll, me yeah <laughs> i'm um, definitely that person <laughs> yeah like um I, I, let's let's try a, a different example like uh do you know maybe i'm trying to drink uh you know i'm, I'm thinking about just like looking at how much alcohol I drink and uh, I'm going to drink a bit less alcohol because I don't feel good. Oh, so what you're drinking, what you're saying is no one should ever drink alcohol again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, that wasn't my argument. Uh-huh. So that's what a straw man is. They, they don't consider what you've said. They don't like what you said because it's, it's contradicting their existing beliefs. So to make it easier to reject your argument, mm-hmm. they'll build, exaggerate it into something to yeah. make it easier to tear down. Mm-hmm. So. It's funny, I can see a lot of myself in that. Yeah. In arguments or discussions with people that are closest to you, it's really easy to jump on that. Yeah. And Definitely. that's when that's when these arguments get get out of control. Totally. No, that's not what, <laughs> what you, I didn't say that. Was it? What you, you know? Raging. How? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We've touched on post uh, hot fallacy. What's the what have we got here? Let's go false dichotomy. False dichotomy. That's quite a good one as well. Yeah. That's that's basically um 
let's say that that's that's basically where someone thinks they've only got two choices where actually there are, there are many other mm -hmm. options so what you're saying is i've got to track my calories on my fitness pal or i've got i'll just get fat well hold on that's a false dichotomy because mm -hmm. there's there's more than just those two options to lose weight yeah 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 or to eat yeah uh -huh. like if i don't do this i've got to do this right well, actually let's take a moment what other ideas uh -huh. are there on the table yeah um, i've done a little bit of uh, work with members recently where they've thought that maybe they have to to lose weight they have to track as many like track calories be re religious with that or or there's no other option and well actually there is there's there's plenty of other options, things like meal windows, um, listening to your body, but they are so zoned in on those. That's the only way that it'll work. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like as a, as a health and fitness example. Yeah. But there, there's, there's lots of them. Um, and actually the, there's one called the slippery slope, which is a little bit like that. Where it's like, well, if I don't track my calories, then I'm, I'm going to do this, but that, the, the alternative is the beginning of a slippery slope. So like, remember we were spoken, speaking about the listener questions one. Uh -huh. If I don't go to the gym today, well then I'm just gonna stay at home and eat food. And if I eat food, then I'm gonna be heavier on the scales tomorrow and I'll be depressed and then I won't go to the gym the next day. Ah! And then I'll be less productive <laughs> at work and then I'll get sacked oh from my work. God, then, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So uh -huh. it's like one little thing and it goes on the slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Most things are recoverable, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah. That's a good one. Because that, that happens a lot as well. Like one little slip and you think that's it. Landslide. See ya. I'm not coming back from this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okie doke. Will we go on to our health and fitness part? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think some of these we can, we can steer more into mm -hmm. the health and fitness realm. Although everything is. Yeah. So we'll start with in-group bias. So the in-group the in bias we kind of touched on. But that's, that's like you're believing everything what your group believes so to give the example i've shared in the previous episodes that probably 2008 9 10 11 i was like getting it like really into this paleo diet mm -hmm. stuff and what did i do i listened to paleo podcasts i read books from paleo authors so it's a, it's a form of confirmation bias mm -hmm. right because i'm seeking out information yeah. that backs up what i already believe but what ha begins to happen is huh everybody else in my world believes this so it must be right mm -hmm. because we don't tend to seek out conflicting beliefs if you're into paleo you're not going to listen to the vegan podcasts no. and, and reading the vegan books no that, that's a, a good example i'd say um okay it can be sorry i'll just say it can be positive as well yeah do you know like so someone comes to akr and people at akr are exercising three times a week and begin to believe that actually the journey is the goal and just show up and stuff like that. So it can be positive as well. Yeah, you just got to be careful group. on the group, yeah. Depending on the group, but also having the, almost like being able to step back from it and seeing if it is the right thing for you. Am I believing this because it is objectively true mm -hmm. or am I believing this and behaving like this because that's what Abdi else is doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you could speak like that more often, <laughs> that'd be great. Okay, appeal to authority. Let's go uh, appeal to authority, appeal to tradition yeah. um, at the same time. Right. So, because they're, they're similar. So, appeal to authority is if someone is seen as an authority figure, therefore, it must be true. They know everything. 
Yeah. So um, this is why on toothpaste adverts or other sort of medical adverts, they've got an actor in a white coat. It's like dentist. This I'm a I'm a dentist, and I say this. So therefore, you must now, buy this product. Well, it might be wise to listen to your dentist on matters of teeth. Mm-hmm. But being an authority in, in one area doesn't make you an authority in another. So you've got celebrities who are an authority endorsing things. Mm-hmm. And so just because, I won't name names. No, right? it's probably not. Just <laughs> because celebrity X is in great shape, which is also another fallacy, and they're doing, or they claim to be doing this, they're drinking this detox tea or they're taking this special supplement or mm-hmm. whatever but they're famous for being a musician or an actor or whatever, are they an expert in physiology, nutrition, Mm -hmm. fitness? And being in good shape doesn't necessarily mean you're an expert in fitness. You maybe got great genes. Mm -hmm. You maybe got in shape in spite of what you were doing, not because of what you were doing. So that's that's like the appeal to authority. And even, um, here's an example. The the American TV show, Dr. Oz, I'm not, Listen, I'll be careful what I say because I don't know much about him. I'm not sure if he's an actual doctor, mm-hmm. but he has. There's been lots of like um, criticisms and claims and uh, things being retracted from his show. But people will watch that show and trust him as the authority as, yeah. as this doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, just because he's a doctor doesn't mean everything he's saying is correct. Yeah, I'm just going back to the authority figure um, being. I, I, it sounds like. The marketing agencies do really well to chip into these fallacies then and biases. They use that. Pro- do they probably know about yeah. it? So they use that so like, oh, we can sort of manipulate people's feelings here towards these things. Yeah, well, if, if someone's a trust trusted in the public eye, uh-huh. we will we will trust what they say, even if it's not from their realm. I'll, I'll give an example, like from the pandemic, you know, you know, Facebook last year, you know, various videos flying around about whatever and someone's like sharing this video about uh, i don't know what actual aspect of the pandemic it was about at that stage vaccines or um you know is this covid even serious or mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff and i thought you know what? i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this video and part of the reason i wanted to watch it because i knew it would challenge in my beliefs like i didn't want to just consume the stuff so the media that, that i wanted to yeah and like i love a bit of conspiracy stuff mm-hmm. sometimes and so i wanted to watch it and this guy's like portrayed as an expert and stuff like that and i was like okay and the videos are compelling right because they can be they can be produced it's like uh, a lot of the netflix <coughs> nutrition documentaries mm-hmm. like if you're watching a documentary on netflix it's been produced by someone who has an agenda more often than not they're not someone who's like hey let's make a balanced uh, opinion on someone it's someone who's like trying to push something mm-hmm. and so everything is steered to convince you of that idea so that was the case with this video and i watched it like with open curiosity and like looking like try to be aware of how my brain was going to respond but one of the things i was like okay so who is this person mm-hmm. that's making that's talking about like, i don't know physiology and uh, all this sort of stuff and like it turns out that the, the guy's an engineer who's written books on uh, keto diets and stuff like that. And that's not to say, like, I'm, here's me talking about the brain and I'm not uh-huh. a neuroscientist, yeah. right? That's not to say he doesn't know, but I shouldn't blindly trust someone. He, he's maybe nowhere near the field mm-hmm. of, like, what he's talking about. So it's, 
whoever that authority figure is, make sure you understand the background of them before listening to what they've got to say. Well, even then, though, like everybody makes mistakes. You can have uh, people who have a background in dietetics saying incorrect yeah. nutrition advice. So it's it, you've got to analyse what they're saying, not just where it's come from and who's mm -hmm. saying it. Um, so the, the appeal to tra tradition. tradition appeal to tradition is very similar. That's like saying, uh, do you know in Chinese medicine, they've been doing this for 3,000 years. We've always done this. We've always done this. Mm -hmm. But just because that, that doesn't mean it works in the way that you think it's worked. Like, so uh, in Chinese medicine, I don't know if anyone listening has had this thing called cupping. Mm -hmm. It's like a sort of like a massage thing. Yeah. I think it's, or, or even acupuncture. Like some of these things are, are ancient. They've been done for years and years. It doesn't mean it necessarily works. So it's, uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah. Has there been enough people that's challenged it though? Yeah. Because, just it's, because, just because yeah. it's been a part of the tradition for centuries. It, that's, that's not enough reason to say it works. It has to work by an objective measure. You get me? Mm -hmm. um, and the natural fallacy is another one. It's like, oh, because it's natural, it's good. That back in like my paleo days, like that was that was the thing. I was like, I don't want any artificial foods. You know, you want to have the the natural stuff. And you know, what's what's being at one with nature? And this is mm -hmm. natural. And I remember writing a blog saying like, well, wasps are natural. You're going to eat wasps. Do you know what I mean? Just because something's natural, it does. I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying it's bad. No, but like. Uh, can something be manufactured that is better than nature? Could be. Again, I'm not saying go not eat any like natural fruit and vegetables no, and just eat the things. That. Being open to both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's 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 just because it's natural doesn't mean it's uh, the, the holy grail. The, the right way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we have one more. Will we finish with the Dunning Kruger effect, shall we? Yeah, we'll, we'll come, come back to that. Just seeing the natural one again, uh -huh. Phil, is you're just thinking about like um, in dieting. So let's say I have a, a protein shake or a protein powder or something. Well, that's, that's not natural, right? Okay. Or let's say I don't want uh, to eat any processed foods because it's not natural. But actually, well... Do you know if you like drink orange juice that's processed oranges, mm -hmm. for instance? Mm -hmm. Or I don't want to have any chemicals because chemicals aren't natural. But they'll have a beer at the weekend. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, chemicals are actually at one hundred percent natural because everything is chemicals. Chemical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, Dunning Kruger is basically once you get once you get a little bit of. Uh, knowledge on a topic you fail to see how much knowledge you don't have so you, if you know nothing about something you might have the humility to say oh, I don't know a little bit about it then you can get a little bit into something and all of a sudden you're an expert and you mm -hmm. don't realise how far ahead the path is to go probably me here talking about like brain stuff right mm -hmm. because i'm not i might think oh i know loads of stuff about this but actually i'm probably at the stage where i'm just got just enough information to be dangerous <laughs> right? yeah, yeah no further mike this is enough <laughs> the uh, uh great example is x factor right so everyone's favorite part about x factor 
is the people that think they're good and they have no idea just how bad they are and it's always great watching them getting you know torn to shreds or saturday night in uh, the karaoke bar (laughs) yeah yeah or um, a quick example like uh I, I started getting like some some little boxing lessons again just to do something different for me yeah. I remember speaking to the guy before I started saying yeah I'm, I'm not interested in like boxing as such it's just I just want to do something different for my fitness uh, and a bit of fun sort of mm-hmm. thing and yesterday you know we're going like this guy has boxed so we're going over like you know footwork drills and oh, if someone's going to hit you this way here's how you like evade that and you know different techniques and things and here's me catching my brain going, yeah, I reckon I could be, you know, three lessons in. <laughs> here's Rocky, know, come in. Three lessons in. And I'm like, yeah, I reckon I could be, you know, I could do one of these white collar boxing or I could, you know, yeah. you know. Getting carried away with yourself. I've learned enough to be able to like do very basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And at this moment of my journey, I, there's so much stuff that's, that's underneath the iceberg. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it feels like to get punched in the face. I yeah. don't know what, you know. You've never so been punched in know. the face, Mike? Uh, maybe from my brother, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good example. That's that You're of thing. getting carried away. You think you're an expert when really the, the road ahead is a long one and you'll learn so much lessons in that road it, yeah, if and, you get there. And so how many people have their evangelical friend when it comes to this new diet that they're on? Yeah. All of a sudden, they're a nutrition expert. They try to tell you about your blood sugar levels and your... And, and reality is they, they probably have very little idea mm-hmm. about what they're talking mm-hmm. about. And you can probably do it with yourself um, when you, you start getting into things. You know, like, you know, the best way of saying it, you know, just enough to be dangerous, which yeah. is probably where I'm at with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to put this all into context for the listener, um, I said at the start, we're trying to avoid misinformation going into the new year. And this is like one of three um episodes can you just put into context what all of this will almost come to life in the next two yeah and and there's a there's a little bit more sort of wrap up on this one but uh in fact let's let's do that first Uh so i think the summary for this one is again your your brain will take shortcuts um you filter the world through your collection of biases and you'll look for patterns and stories when they're not there and this is predictable and it is borne out in scientific studies where it happens. If you know this can happen, then you can start, then you can start doing it. So I, again, I, I love that this physio guy I spoke to about my back, he framed things as, do you know what my current bias at the moment is? So he's, he's not saying this is the reality of the world, but mm-hmm. like basically for the stuff I've been reading about, this is how I'm seeing things. But it also means things are going through that filter. Uh-huh. And so there's, there's things you can do. Like I, I try and do it here at work where I, you know, if we're trying to make decisions, I try and run things by, by you guys. I try and get outside of myself. I try and get opinions from, from other places. Yeah. Um, like, am I seeing this weird just because I'm like... It's your bias. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's my, my bias. Your beliefs. And you can get caught way down into something. And sometimes it takes someone else to go, you Hold thought about on. this way and you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I try and do that routinely. I know the shortcomings of my brain. So I will try and do things. So again, I know that I'm not going to remember everything. So if I've got a to-do list, I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's less stressful if it's outside your head. Yeah. I know that my brain will fool myself in how hard I've worked in my 
workouts this month and how frequently I've worked out. So I like using things like Fitbit and MyZone mm-hmm. because it keeps a record to where I can keep myself honest. Again, if you know you're going to fool yourself with how much you eat, then have a system to, to work around mm-hmm. it. So it's just knowing that your brain is... It's going to trip you up now and it's again. Going to, it's going to trip you up. And even like what we spoke about with the person who's, who asked the question about like, um, I eat when I'm sad and eating makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Like, take a second because your brain is, is like pushing you down that zone to eat. But can you break that cycle and be like, hold on? Or again, like I said, when maybe someone's irritated you or you're in traffic or something like that, your brain's going to start telling stories, you know, oh, that's because I did this and that person's behaving because of that. Well, hold on. Mm-hmm. What evidence is there to suggest that the person's pissed off with yeah. you? Um, let's check that because we're, we're fooling ourselves mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so yeah, I think I've probably laboured the point enough. I think so. <laughs> um, we're going to have another couple of member interviews, but the other two episodes in this sort of series season, yeah. um, we're going to talk about, okay, if our if our brain's going to fool us, if we're going to naturally like believe the celebrities and the, and the traditions and things like that, if we can't trust our brain, what can we trust? Like, where do we go to mm-hmm. test our information and if our diets are going to work or if they're stupid or, if, you know, our training techniques? And how do I know what's the best way to, mm-hmm. what, what can I trust? Yeah. So in a couple of episodes time, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about, like, uh, more broadly principles versus methods. Um, we'll get into those. Yeah. I think uh, we'll end it there, Mike. Thank you so much for your knowledge. Um, hopefully the listener got something from that and they're looking forward to the, the further episodes to yeah. delve in a bit deeper. Um, have you got anything to say? I was just going to say, if you're listening, uh, go try the bat and ball game to your, to your <laughs> friend and I bet you they don't get it right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so as always, thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't already, check back some episodes uh, before this one and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.